Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on today's show, Bioweapons Blues, episode 38, Bioweapon Unleashed. We have the proof. So this video, which features Dr. Mark David Martin, uh, shows the lead up to what happened in 2020 and the patents and what they were working on. So I'll play these videos. I've got about three videos here. One is Martin. The other is an analysis, analysis of Fauci. And then an update about Jamie Foxx from AJ Benza. He's talking to uh, one of the doctors here in LA. So it's about 30 minutes of video, and then I will follow up with some slides. It is a... It is a particularly interesting location for me to be sitting today, given that over a decade ago, I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. And at that time, I warned the world of what was coming. Uh, during that conversation that was hosted at the time by the Green and EFA and a number of the other parties of the European Union's uh, various representations, we were having a conversation on whether Europe should adopt the United States policy of allowing for the patents on biologically derived materials. And at the time, I urged this body and I urged people around the world that the weaponization of nature against humanity had dire consequences. Tragically, I sit here today um, with that unfortunate line that I don't like to say, which I told you so. But the fact of the matter is we're here not for a reprisal on past decisions. We're here to actually once again come to the face of the human condition and ask the question, who do we want to be? What do we want humanity to look like? And rather than seeing this as an exercise in futility, which is very easy from time to time when you're in the position I'm in, I actually see this not as an exercise in futility. I see this as one of the greatest opportunities that faces us because we now have a public conversation, which is now front and center in people's minds. When this was an esoteric conversation about biological patents, nobody cared. But when that conversation came home, then it became something people can care about. So I'm actually quite grateful for this opportunity. I thank the members of parliament for hosting this. I thank all of the translators who I apologize in advance. I will use terminology that is probably very difficult to translate. So my apologies. And I'd also like to acknowledge the fact that many of you are aware of my involvement with this in large part due to the amazing work of my wonderful wife, Kim Martin who encouraged me at the very early days of this pandemic to get on front of the camera and talk about all the information that I had been sharing among very small groups around the world. And it was in fact her encouragement that put me in a place where many of you have heard what I have to say. Ironically, the world that I came from that used to be very popular, my CNBC and Bloomberg presentations, which were televised on mainstream media around the world, was an audience that I lost. I, I can confidently say COVID diminished my fame. 
But I can also confidently say that I'd rather stand among the people with whom I'm standing today than any of the folks that were part of that previous world. So this is a much better place to be. My role today is to set the stage for this conversation in a historical context, because this did not come in the last three years. This did not come in the last five or six years. This actually is an ongoing question that probably began here in Europe in the early stages of the mid 1900s, but certainly by 1913, 1914, this conversation started right here in Central Europe. The pandemic that we alleged to have happen in the last few years also did not happen overnight. In fact, the very specific pandemic using coronavirus began in a very different time. We'll try to advance the slides here with one of these things. Oh, there we go. Most of you don't know that coronavirus as a model of a pathogen was isolated in 1965. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date. 1966. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm saying. This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making. A year before I was born, we had the first transatlantic coronavirus data sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as a infectious agent 
was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990, Operation Warp Speed, I'm sorry, Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now, now the problem. We found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought Pfizer? Clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health. Clearly Pfizer. The organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every government around the world. Not that Pfizer. Certainly, they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. But oh, yes, they did. And in 1990, they found out that there was a problem with vaccines. They didn't work. You know why they didn't work? It turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes the vaccine impulse because it modifies and mutates too quickly for vaccines to be effective. And since 1990 to 2018, that is the published science, ladies and gentlemen. That's following the science. Following the science is their own indictment of their own programs that said it doesn't work. And there are thousands of publications to that effect, not a few hundred, and not paid for by pharmaceutical companies. These are publications that are independent scientific research that shows unequivocally, including efforts of the chimera modifications made by Ralph Berk in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All of them show vaccines do not work on coronavirus. That's the science. And that science has never been disputed. But then we had an interesting development in 2002. And this date is most important. Because in 2002, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. Listen to those words, infectious replication defective. What does that phrase actually mean? For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. Infectious replication defective means a weapon. It means something meant to target an individual, but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. 
And that patent was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work, patented at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by a year. <gasps> Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might have come from a laboratory in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings. And they patented it in 2002. And in 2003, giant surprise, the CDC filed the patent on coronavirus isolated from humans in violation, once again, of biological and chemical weapons treaties and laws that we have in the United States. And I'm very, very precise on this. The United States likes to talk about its rights and everything else and the rule of law and all the nonsense that we like to talk about. But we don't ratify treaties about, I don't know, defending humans. We conspicuously avoid that. We actually have a great track record of advocating for human rights and then denying them when it comes to actually being part of the international community, which is a slightly problematic thing. But let's get something very clear. When the CDC in April of 2003 filed the patent on SARS coronavirus isolated from humans, what did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. That's not an innocent oops. That's a crime. And the United States Patent Office went as far as to reject that patent application on two occasions until the CDC decided to bribe the Patent Office to override the patent examiner to ultimately issue the patent in 2007 on SARS coronavirus. But let's not let that get away from us because it turns out that the RT-PCR which was the test that we allegedly were going to use to identify the risks associated with coronavirus, was actually identified as a bioterrorism threat by me in the European Union-sponsored events in 2002 and 2003, 20 years ago. That happened here in Brussels and across Europe. In 2005, this particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. Described as such, that's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent. It's official classification from 2005 forward. I don't know if that sounds like public health to you. Does it? Biological warfare enabling technology. That feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly what it is. 
We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to. But we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side -side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar -dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. And it's been going on since 2005. Our gain-of-function moratorium the moratorium that was supposed to freeze any efforts to do gain-of-function research. Conveniently, in the fall of 2014, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill received a letter from NIAID saying that while the gain-of-function moratorium on coronavirus in vivo should be suspended, because their grants had already been funded, they received an exemption. Did you hear what I just said? A biological weapons lab facility at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, received an exemption from the gain-of-function moratorium so that by 2016, we could publish the, the journal article that said, SARS coronavirus is poised for human emergence in 2016. And what, you might ask, Dave, was the coronavirus poised for human emergence? It was W. IV-1, Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1, poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community. There is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. Does that sound like leak? Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market and hung out and had sex and, and lo and behold, we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Keep going. If you have not done so, please make sure that you make reference in every investigation to the premeditation nature of this, because it was in September of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by September 2020, there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template. That's their words right in front of you on the screen. The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. And the last slide. This isn't advancing, so if I could have somebody do it. Let's, let's read this, because we have to read this into the record everywhere I go. Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold that is often largely ignored. 
To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, he said, we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Sounds like public health. Sounds like the best of humanity. No, ladies and gentlemen, this was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015, published in front of them. This is an, this is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race, and it was admitted to in writing that this was a financial heist and a financial fraud. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. Let me conclude by making five very brief recommendations. The last slide. Nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science, we had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested, independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus, not once, not once, not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say no more gain-of-function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much. Be a surprise outbreak. This is Fauci again. I've played this in the past, but this is him saying about the outbreak, I think in 2017 detailing it in detail so we know he knew given as you heard from the introduction that i have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations um i thought i would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh preparedness and if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. 
So for those who think that infectious diseases is gone, there's so many people who've made foolhardy statements not knowing at the time that they made them. I usually show a quote from an old surgeon general or an old uh, pundit in infectious disease. So I thought I'd pull this one out from Sir McFarlane Burnett, who was actually a uh, uh, Nobel Prize winning immunologist, uh, who made the statement, as many did, to write about infectious diseases is almost to write of something that has passed into history. The most likely forecast about the future of infectious diseases is that it will be very dull, uh, which is really kind of interesting coming from a semi-genius like McFarlane Burnett. And I think what he did and the mistake that so many people have made is something that several of our panelists have already referred to. And that is a failure to look beyond our own borders in the issue of the globality of health issues. Not only things that are there that will come here, but surprises that we have. What are the lessons that we learned from HIV? One, you have to commit substantial financial and human resources. These things don't get uh, addressed spontaneously by themselves. You have to enlist the best and the brightest investigators in both basic and clinical research. You have to involve the community, be it the gay community in the United States or the community in Africa and West Africa when we dealt with Ebola or the people in South America when we're dealing with Zika. You have to have cross-sector collaboration. You can't do it alone. The CDC can't do it alone. The NIH can't do it alone. You do it with all of us, with industry, with global organizations, with philanthropy and NGOs, and you gotta get the leaders and the policymakers involved. What is for sure that no matter what, history has told us definitively that it will happen because infectious diseases, as I said eight years ago in this article with David Morins and Greg Focus that it is a perpetual challenge. It is not gonna go away. So the thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are gonna see this in the next few years. Thank you. So that's Fauci. And this is an update about the rumors around Jamie Foxx, uh, this Dr. Drew and AJ Benza. And I lost a few friends um, the last couple of years who got the injection. Um, one of my best friends died last Saturday. Paratrooper, ex-Special Forces, 51 years old, in, in best shape of his life. I mean, lived life, you have no idea. Just goes to sleep, doesn't wake up. Black guy. Oh my. I think, I think this ties into the Jamie Foxx theory. I, I worked my butt off to get a story about why what happened to Jamie Foxx. Because it was all baloney what they were reporting. He's playing pickleball. He's uh, responding on Instagram. No, he's not. And people do that for you. It's all lies. I had somebody in the room who let me know that Jamie had a blood clot in his brain after he got the shot. He did not want the shot, but the movie he was on, he was pressured to get it. This movie he's doing with Cameron Diaz. And I'm thinking, is that why he blew up on the set a week before this medical emergency happened? Is that why he fired three or four people because he just had had it with these mandates? I don't know. But what I found out from the man in the room was that uh, the blood clot in the brain caused him at that point to be partially paralyzed and blind. 
Because if you read into what they were saying early on, he's communicating with us. That doesn't mean talking. That could be anything. It could be, you know, writing, yeah. sign. You know, I know those little code words. And then when you tell me your father's playing pickleball, give me a break. You know, I don't know. There's a great shroud of secrecy around Jamie Foxx. He's probably the most multi-talented person we have in Hollywood. Um, but even TMZ is not reporting this. And I know TMZ's got sources in hospitals who give them information, whether it's legal or not. But they're not. They're, they're not with Mike Tyson got close a week after I broke my story on my show. Mike Tyson said that Jamie had a blood clot in his brain. No one's gone that far to say that yet. Uh, I think Mike did, and he probably got a phone well, call. Hold on. Said, hey, AJ, let me, let me, let me yeah. sort of to step back a little bit from what you're saying and just say, look, uh, b blood in the brain is a cerebral bleed. It's not a stroke. A stroke is a blood clot in an artery to the brain that cuts off the blood supply to the brain, and the brain dies. So we're talking about, and it's been widely known that he had a stroke right i mean they've said stroke a hundred many times yeah so it, it's to say it's a blood clot in the brain is sort of it's a stroke it's a blood clot in an artery that cuts off the supply that part of the brain is dead and it right. has very serious consequences uh, it depends on where which artery and what the anatomy of that artery is to what parts of the brain whatnot but it is not something that yeah i mean Let's put it this way. Is he still in the hospital? Is that is that what I'm supposed to believe? Yeah. And playing pickleball? Is that... I, I don't, it's all baloney. It's all baloney. I mean, the, the daughters are doing the speaking for him. His oldest daughter, Corinne, is doing the speaking. She said he's been out of the hospital for weeks. But that's not true. He's at a very good hospital in Chicago who specializes in this kind of rehab. Um, and every friend who comes out, whether it's Kevin Hart or Nick Cannon or whoever, all says pray for Jamie. He's got to get through this. Nobody comes out with great news. It's always somber. <laughs> okay, so that was the video. I'm going to go to the slides right now. Kind of a longer, longer slide section. I got it pretty far backed up. Check one, two, check. Okay, so... Now I'm on a slice. This is Bioweapons 30 hit. I can't believe I've done 38 at this point. It really is incredible how time flies. I think I started this in August last year, so kind of hurtling forward to the one-year anniversary. Not good, but trying to compile all the evidence and facts and things like that. And I think the next one will cover kind of the cancer that's going to come or it's on its way. We're hurtling towards that, so... Not really anything to be excited about, but uh, a lot of more suffering. So this was a paper that was written, Serious Harms of the COVID-19 Vaccines, a Systematic Review, basically comes to the conclusion that yeah, they cause more harm than benefit, which I think I've known for some time. This is Dr. Corrigan. New paper demonstrates that exposure to spike protein causes the destruction of synapses in the brain neuroinflammation, memory loss, and cognitive dysfunction 30 to 45 days after exposure. This neurotoxicity of the spike protein appears to be mediated by TLR4 and is therefore a byproduct of the immune response to spike, right? So it causes uh, immunological dysfunction. 
Peter McCullough, they should understand that each and every case that COVID-19 vaccination should be considered a determinant of cognitive decline in a previously healthy person. And it's uh, from the epoch times, brain injuries after COVID vaccination. So, you know, the more you take, the worse it's going to get. This is Dr. Bakhti, who went to trial in Germany and won. Um, he writes, the vaccine is the worst man-made disaster in history, uh, no doubt. And this is just part of the whole issue is going back and looking back through the kill shots that they've been applying to humanity for the last 22 or three decades. And I just did a show on that with Raven Kiefer. And you can check that out. Just basically going through the this trail of disaster. COVID and kill shot deployment is part of global mass poisoning is really what's happening. It's a different type of warfare. And you are the enemy. Just the average person walking around just wants to be free. So... They didn't. They, this is a kind of new warfare where you don't declare war either. You just kill people randomly and walk away because you own the government and you pay off the politicians. DOJ is a joke. So is the FBI. I mean, the American government's gone. Really, you're kind of the average American is really kind of a clueless person sitting on the deck of the Titanic, kind of like, hey, I wonder what's going to happen here because the whole thing is going to go under. It's just a matter of time. They're just kicking the can down the thing with this whole debt escalation. So you need to prep prep for uh, Mad Max. Dr. Andrew Wakefield shares how and why there is a causal association between MMR vaccine and autism, which the CDC continues to cover up. Yeah, they do. They, they destroy evidence. I've already caught them destroying evidence. People have caught them destroying evidence. So um, that's your tax dollars, too. Your tax dollars. Worth. You're paying for your own tyrannization which is really remarkable like that's that's beyond tyranny and that's kind of the joke is like oh i would really stand up against tyranny yeah, no, you because it's just happened so we know the american people will not stand up to tyranny after what's happened over the last three years i would never do that people probably tell themselves that you just did it Imagine, if you will, a government that does more to stop the distribution of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine than it does to stop the distribution of fentanyl. Yeah, very interesting. Your government doesn't work for you. Also, the plot of Dusex. This is uh, Elon Musk's meme. Watching the part in V for Vendetta, where the government creates a virus and uses it to seize power over its people. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Probably have to watch V for Vendetta again. Freudian slip, there's a picture where the P fell off of pharmacist, so it says pharmacist. And this is just stuff on Marcola and all this stuff. And this is an incredible piece. I actually had to double check. I have to double check the corporate media to see what they're posting, if it's real. Like there was a thing in the Atlantic that I just couldn't believe, or the New York Times, the New Yorker that I couldn't believe was werewolf. Latino white supremacy, like what? This one is uh, Why the Died Suddenly Movement Must Die by Bethany Mandel. She's another monster. The monsters are out there. The hell is empty, baby. I'm telling you. I mean, that's a common theme. The devils are everywhere. They're everywhere. They'll lie to you, kill your kids with poison. It's incredible. This is like the whole idea of a nation is people to come together and operate with the same interests and not work against each other or try to shaft each other. And that's gone. There are people just royally kill. They're killing each other. Edward Dow, just a numbers guy, but here's the below. 
would lend to a compromised immune system thesis showing up in spades in 2022, excuse me, BLS absence and work time loss data. Sigmas are literally insane. That means that the statistics are crazy. So you get vaccine AIDS, kills your immune system. So you can probably get NAC. I have heard that everybody writes about getting NAC and bromelain and breaking down the mRNA technology-based COVID gene injection. And the research says yes. So there is good news. Go to, while you can, go to Amazon, get some NAC. If you've taken this, get some bromelain. You can find it in, in natural foods. Eat lots of pineapple, but you can take the pill if you want. But uh, people are saying that that just does it. Spike protein envelope protein. Spike and envelope protein disulfide bonds were reduced by acetylcysteine. Kara writes, and this is a video, the Pfizer trial data and TGA non-clinical data report show that the TGA and government knew far more possible adverse reactions to the vaccines than they disclosed. There were also many red flags they chose not to follow up prior to vaccine approval, of course. That's all known. This is an interesting thread by Clandestine, which you know, goes into how the China and Russia did not have the medical countermeasures in production and they did not profit off the virus like the U.S. corrupt devil government did. Now that the evidence of human engineered oranges is too much to cover up, the U.S. has changed their course and now want to start blaming China instead of themselves. Have U.S. blame game. Ryan Cole told by Fauci himself, don't do autopsies on COVID patients. Why? Why did you know that? What did you know, Fauci? Because the clots and the damage and the internal damage. See, I think everything about the shot was, was lied. I mean, they lied about everything, but it's not experimental. I think they probably experimented on people in Ukraine or whatever and knew that it was something that caused mass dysfunction in somebody. And it would disguise it. It would cause sudden death cancer, vaccine aid. So unless you were very much watching it, you would just think that, you know, somebody just got sick and died. And that's probably what's been happening for 20 or 30 years, actually. It's like sudden deaths that went in the past were like, oh, how did he die at 38? You know, he might have gotten a shot or flu shot that they were tainting with or messing with. So if you take anything from Big Pharma, I pity you. That's so fun. And they're putting up, still propagandizing. This is from the FDA. They call it a booster. Give your immune system a boost. It does the exact opposite. These smiling little old people. Does the exact exact opposite. Boost it right to your death. Matt Taibbi, the press is also the police. Fallout from Discord leak continues. Undisguised partnerships of media, intelligence, and law enforcement come into more painful relief. Yeah, it's called fascism. This is Mark Crispin Miller. How Team Fauci forged the HIV AIDS theory in our free press helped force it onto the world foretelling COVID. This is from Celia Farber's Fatal Distraction, a journalistic gem from 1992. This is just the one aspect of the whole tyranny was the ventilators, COVID killing fields part one. So that's how they also murdered people with the protocols, straight stone cold murder. Fifth Gen Warfare Part 3, Cyber Tactics, Cyber Stalking and Gain Stalking are against the law. CDC funds groups that are doing this to U.S. licensed physicians. See, that's the whole thing. It just verifies that this whole 
cyber stalking, gain stalking does take place, and it gets financed by entities. And these are third-party entities, but there, if this is true, that means that uh, the government's paying for unconstitutional actions, which is, you know, nobody talks about rule of law anymore. They should be screaming it from the hilltops. It's really Here's a little taste for your fans. Deuterium now in remdesivir, barcinitinib, and other drugs. That's right. Radioactive nuclear waste fissile material, heavy water product, known not only for causing sterilization, but congenital and inherited birth defects to those it's given to. Great. So how about some congenital inherited birth defects with your remdesivir? So this biowarfare is so, I mean, demonic. Like they're taking out future generations too. It's unbelievable. This is how we make great America great again. Yeah, a lot of these people should be arrested. They're criminals. They're run by criminals, though. Twisted Communique writes, Trump convincing his ex-wife Ivana to take his vax, and a few months later she drops dead as Bobby Fischer-level gameplay. Very urgent. The FDA is raising the white flag on the mRNA COVID shots because nobody wants them. It's, the game is up. They've saw people die. Unvaccinated adults will no longer be offered more than a single mRNA do dose. Tell that to the 230 million Americans who already took two. And almost no one under 65 is eligible for a second booster. It's all snake oil. You could, have, you could avoid getting sick from COVID by taking ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, vitamin C, standard stuff. <coughs> Jake writes, the old COVID vaccine is now completely banned. The new one has one-fourth as much mRNA than the original you were experimented on and they switched it up without anyone even noticing i don't think they experimented i think they knew the, that it was poison i think they knew for sure the insiders either got saline or something like that that's why all the wealthy people are still alive you almost never hear of some but he's rich or something like that dying suddenly it's all middle class or lower class I mean, there, there's a few here and there I think Jamie, Jamie Foxx is an, an anomaly. Um, but yeah. And then this is just more proof that a lot of these things started in April 2021 that with the rollout, not the COVID, not the so-called COVID. This is Nadia Stewart Swartz. COVID tops the list of the four greatest scams in the history of medicine. Yeah, it does. Evidence of serious failures in the medicines and healthcare products regulatory agency oversight of the COVID-19 vaccine. Duh. It's obvious. This is Sam Tripoli. Facebook has become an obituary. So many people passing away, it's kind of scary. And Frantic Missy says, it's grandma arguing over casserole recipes at this point. Melissa says, in 2021, I saw so many injuries and deaths of past people I knew and their families. Stillborns and deformed babies are increasing. No one is putting two and two together. I am. I was a nurse, and a majority of these people were healthcare workers. So it's still there. I probably should pop back on Facebook and see how things are going, just to see like how many people are going down. This is it again. Died suddenly. Is working on a follow up. This is why the movement should end. They say. David writes, "No big deal. Just me holding a fraudulent gray vial of calm." Comunati vaccine and a no longer authorized purple vial Pfizer. I'll pay you. 
If you can find these in your local pharmacy, good luck. Excess mortality update week 14, 2023. Cancer up 31, 3%. Cancer 6%. Ages cancer 19 excess. <coughs> this is not due to COVID or deferred screenings. Mel writes, yesterday the U.S. FDA revoked the authorization for all previously licensed COVID vaccines and then cut the dosage by 75% for all new vaccinations using the EUA bivalent vaccine. If you had taken your six-year-old to get vaccinated against the COVID for the first time last month, they would have given him a 0.5 milliliter shot and then made you bring him back four weeks later for a second 5 milliliter shot. Total dosage, dosage of 100 milligrams in just four weeks. If you took him in today, he'd re receive a single 0.25 milliliter shot. In two weeks' time, he'd be considered fully vaccinated by them, the, the white coats, the demonic white coats. Where's the science? The science changed. They're just telling you science, man. It's just pure snake oil. Pure snake oil. These people are con men. They're all con men. Liam writes, liver cancer rates are surging in Australia and climate change could be to blame. Just pure propaganda. I don't know how anybody can work for corporate media, honestly. They're such filth pigs. The Pfizer board has lawyered up. Doctors Albert Burla and Scott Gottlieb will both be represented by James Ruhande, a litigator last seen defending insulin for $500 a pound. Hey, somebody's got to do it. So, Guys, get ready. Hopefully these people get sued out of existence. I mean, they're just monsters. Carolina, the monovalent Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccines are no longer authorized for use in the United States. Wow, the science changed real fast. These are all the deaths. Just young kids didn't get a life murdered by these people. These are murders. Period. Mass murder. Genocide. Democide. 21-year-old, you know, the scary thing is they thought they were doing what was right. Their family thought because they were told. They were lied to. Baba Agbaje collapsed, cardiac arrest, and died. 21. 49-year-old Alberta family doctor, usually the healthiest people doctors. Daniel Gregory Johns died suddenly April 6, 2023. 24-year-old Isaiah Yoder died suddenly while out on a run. Probably had non-detectable myocarditis, subclinical, unable to resuscitate, usually young and healthy, 24. 31-year-old beauty therapist at Gamma Harry's collapsed in a cardiac arrest and died. Bad, had blood clots in lungs and legs. The family of a 14-year-old boy from Ireland is desperate to find answers why he died in 2021, only three weeks after the Pfizer COVID vaccine. I'll tell you why. I'm not a doctor. I could probably diagnosed his death with 100% certainty. Alberta, 38-year-old Latasha Curtis died April 5th, cardiac arrest. Women were lied to by their doctors about risks of post-COVID-19 mRNA vaccine myocarditis. It may be as high as 1 in 30. Yeah. Lindsay was mandated to get a COVID shot. She didn't want to pursue her dream of being a doctor. Within a few minutes, she experienced paralysis in her arms and legs, began breaking out, was blue around her mouth, her body was contracting and she was struggling to breathe. Anaphylactic shock. Hmm. I think I'll go get another one of those. 30-year-old Heather took the Moderna booster. Within 14 months, she was only on a feeding tube. She can no longer talk or use her hands. She can only react to questions. She has been in rehab since last January and is down to 80 pounds. The photos below were taken over a 16-month period. Yeah, so horrible slow death. 
Tony had an adverse reaction to the booster shot. When a lumbar puncture was done, he had a CSF leak and it caused his previous symptoms to worsen. Worsen. He's now dealing with a spine injury and traumatic brain injury. He wants his life back. Don't take the shot. Vista, California, 40-year-old pastor Jay Folk died in his sleep April 13th, 2023. Left behind his wife and two young boys. Young and beautiful 34-year-old nurse died suddenly in her sleep. She worked in healthcare in Canada, which mandated a strict up-and-to-date kill shot policy. Cause of death unknown. I can tell you what it is. At age 13, Joshua developed myocarditis and permanent heart damage from the second COVID kill shot. His troponin levels jumped to 3,800 in the first eight months following injection. He missed 76 days of school. Prior to this injury, he played on two rugby teams, played basketball, and cycled. Previously healthy 22-year-old Diana complied with the Army National Guard kill shot mandate. She Three weeks after Pfizer, she was diagnosed with liver disease. She also had gastrointestinal bleeding and heart failure. She's now waiting on a heart and liver transplant. 22-year-old, once healthy Ella, had a reaction to the COVID shots. She says, says, this vaccine is no game. Could have easily wiped me out for a hot minute. I thought I was gone. I've been given this booster one hell of a fight trying to come out on top. Anaphylactic and pericarditis. 43-year-old UK police officer Andy Boardman's collapsed while responding to a call. He leaves behind two young daughters. All of the COVID-19 kill shot mandates in the police services were illegal. Time for lawsuits. Yeah. Sue. Sue all these people out of existence. 19-year-old hockey star Braden Lewis died April 15th, 2023. He had a seizure in 2022, diagnosed with a two-inch brain cancer. Had surgery. Former NFL player Chris Smith dies at 31. 59-year-old Mont- former Montreal Mayor Dennis Coderre who pushed illegal COVID-19 mandates for all Montreal city employees, had a stroke on April 15th. He started having problems with the speech and his left side went numb. He didn't get saline. South Carolina, 26-year-old Blake Matthew Herdline, a marketing director who authored a book about digital marketing, died suddenly on March 9th, 2023. A family friend suggests he had inflammatory heart enlargement. Vax and after Vax, I'm not the same person. It changed my life in a negative way. That's it. So criminals are still out there. Nothing's happening. Your Department of Justice isn't involved. Your tax dollars aren't being used to ameliorate or solve these people's health problems. Nothing's happening. It's all happening from the people. So why do you need government? Why do you need this government? It doesn't represent you. I wish you the best. If you feel like you're injured, FLCC, if I took the shot, I'd be take doing all kinds of stuff. Sweating, saunaing, red light, the whole bit. Supplements. Thank you for listening.